Blair. It is wonderful to have you here joining me today. And just a quick thank you. I want to thank our studio audience who joins us, as well as all those online. You know, even this morning I had a little note from someone who had watched a service from a couple of weeks ago. They wanted to talk about it. We love that kind of interaction. I mean, that's so much the internet at its best. And wherever you're joining us from, whether you're joining us from the Philadelphia area, or Florida, or California, or New Hampshire, it's wonderful to have you here today at New Church Live. And I want to give also a special shout out. You know, New Church Live, we do a few little trips throughout the year just to visit congregants in different places. And we had a wonderful time down in Charleston, South Carolina. Last week, Curtis was here preaching here in our home church. I was down there doing a, doing a smaller gathering. It's really fun. We have one coming up in Florida February 5th. So if that has any interest to you, you know, please shoot me a note and we'll give you the information on that. So, so what we're going to talk about today is this idea of prayer. And the idea of prayer, the place I want to come from is, is not thinking of prayer as like a set prescribed way of, of reciting. It's not like a, rec, a recitation per se. Though there is something powerful in the words, and there's something powerful about hearing the words of, of prayers that we all know. It's, it's more about a perspective. A prayerful way of living. A prayerful way of seeing life. I was, I was thinking this morning, you know, about this idea of, of, of spiritual connection. And, and that's what so much of us yearn for. So much of us yearn for this, this much deeper spiritual connection. We know it's there, and we touch it on occasion. But I know most people, I imagine, wish that they could live there more. And, and I don't know that we ever live there fully in our lives. And I do know that we can build more and more spiritual connection into our lives. You know, to go to the door here, you know, it's, it's this idea that, that we all have a sense that there's something here. There's a door and there's something behind it that, that we want to get to. And oftentimes we can get frustrated because our plans may not yield the results that we want. But maybe today, maybe today what we can do is together, together we can have a conversation around the way prayer might actually lead us into a deeper spiritual connection. And it's not like super serious. I mean, I think too many people, they, they think of prayer and they think something really serious and really dire and, and, and very formalized. And the reality is prayer can be fun. It can be enjoyable. It, it doesn't have to be lists of words, though that can be nice sometimes too. It can be many things. And all those things seem to have little pieces of life-giving energy to them, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So, as is often the case at New Church Live, we like starting with a question and allowing people to, to answer this question and the answer from all over the place. We share some of the answers. We can't share them all, but we share some of the answers as part of the service. So today's question to kind of get us warmed up is this. What do you know about prayer? So as the musicians come out, think, what is it that you know about prayer? What do you know to be true about it for you? What do you know have you found that works? What have you found that doesn't work? Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> um, Anne Lamott had a great one. She said, you know, there's really only two prayers in the world. And she said, my first prayer is always please, please, please. My last prayer is always thank you, thank you, thank you. I like that. I like that idea. I like that kind of humor. What do you know about prayer? What do you know about it? And then I'll come back out after the second song. We're just going to start digging away. Like, yeah, how could, how could prayer really look? So friends, welcome today. 
whether you're joining us as part of our studio audience, joining us from all over the place, archived, live, whatever, it is wonderful to have you here. Welcome to New Church Live. Good morning, everyone. Flying solo today, and but you'll hear more than one voice. I'm going to do some harmonies with myself. One of my favorite songs. Here we go. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, don't you want to go down? Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. Oh, down in the river to pray. Thanks. All right, that was ridiculously good. How fun is that? Yeah, so let's, let's do that, folks. Let's think, what does it mean to actually go down to the river to pray? And, and this, this ancient thing, this, this part that connects us spiritually, how do we want that to look, and, and what can that mean in our lives? Well, I want to start, start with this part, you know, what is the need that, that prayer kind of answers? I think most of us, and this is, this is a big part, we touched on it last week, I'm touching on it again, we're going to be touching on it again in January, I imagine all of us harbor an ache. An ache. The easiest way to encapsulate that ache is that, that ache to be home. You've heard this saying many times, and again, we're going to be using it again in a few weeks. You know, we are not natural beings having a, a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a natural experience. 
And I think that's just part of this ache. We, we love our lives. Our lives are good. Our lives are blessed. Life is good. And there is inevitably this ache. This painful part. The part that can break into tears in a second. You might have even had one of those moments over Thanksgiving and meeting someone or talking to someone or or watching some beautiful little interaction. You know, mine was, my dad's 93 years old. Beautiful human being, a good man. And the plane is, you know, taking the last few laps. At 93, that's, that's what happens. He's, got a, he's got, a, got a while to go ahead of him, but you know what? He's just, he's getting older. And our little granddaughter, by the name of Lumi, sits beside him. We put, we put, we put her right beside him on the couch, and she just reaches over grabs his arm and smiles for the camera. I mean, that's good stuff, right? And, and here's the crazy part, is that there's also this ache to that. Because I know that Lumi's going to see that picture 20 years from now. And he won't be there. The memory will. But he'll have moved on. So that ache is just part of life. And, and I feel like because of that ache... We're always searching for this prayerful thing of magic, meaning, and a break in our thinking. I want to talk about those first two, magic and meaning. I think, folks, we all crave magic in our lives. Not magic as in sleight of hand, like let me distract you over here so, so I can show you this over here. Distraction is way too much part of our culture. It does very little for us as human beings, I believe. But we all crave the magic. That magic where, where a minute becomes a moment, as is famously said. That magic of watching love in action. This, that magic that we can't seem like there's not a formula to it. It's just all of a sudden you see it and it's like, oh, there it is. Anybody see the sunrise this morning? <laughs> it was beautiful this morning. It was magic. Didn't plan that during a morning walk, but but those are the things where we get this sense of magic. And isn't it interesting, right, that, that, that it seems that magic, when we step towards magic, it's also this deeper sense of meaning, right? And it's, it's not meaning in our sort of normal Western way of seeing it, like a book that tells you this is the meaning, here's ten steps. It's, it's this meaning, again, of watching my granddaughter touch my dad, you know, hold on to his arm, like, there's magic there, but there's also, that's, that's the very meaning of life. Deep, profound meaning. It's there for a second, and then she cries for her mom. <laughs> Welcome to life. But that magic and meaning is so significant. And folks, I don't think we can live without it. And yet we live in an age where that just seems to be getting getting. Squoze isn't the right word, but it gets squeezed out of life so easily because magic somehow feels immature. I, I don't know what word to put to it, but it's easy that, yeah, we don't quite believe the magic, but, but what if the magic of life, what if, what if that was actually what was real? And the other stuff was just setting us up for those moments. Maybe that's something for us, us all to think about. So, so what gets into the, in the way, folks, of, of finding that magic and finding that, that meaning? Well, here's, here's a great quote for you. Our greatest addiction is to our own way of thinking, most of which is compulsive, repetitive, and habitual. 
An addiction where we reach the same rehearsed conclusions again and again. We all wrestle with rehearsed conclusions we go over again and again and again. We just beat them into the ground. Now, I was trying to think, you know, you know how, how maybe to, to, to talk about this, folks. And, and I was thinking about it like a grocery store. Like a grocery store. And we have, we have our, our favorite thoughts, you know. Mine are sour cream and onion thoughts. You know, we have our favorite thoughts. These are my favorite thoughts. These are the best thoughts. I love these thoughts. Anytime I go to the grocery store, I am looking to buy more of these thoughts. And I'm especially excited when it's buy one, get one free. You know, these thoughts are wonderful to me. And so then what happens, folks, is then I go over and here's, here's again, we talked about this portal sort of to the to spiritual connection. And I sit right on the stoop and I eat the chips. You know, but there's no looking behind the door. There's just, just eating chips. I'm not going to eat the chips in front of you folks because you don't want to hear me crunching. But it is interesting, right? What's your bag of chips? Where are you addicted to your own thought? Where are you addicted to your own conclusions about life and about other people? See, there's, there's no magic and meaning there. There's chips. That's it. It's interesting, folks, that we reach a point in our lives where we, we come to understand that we can't be the plan. I can't be the plan. Our plan, I think for most of us in life, we get to a point where, where we can really see, like, our plan is not it. I, I think back, you know, you know, working so many years in education, right, that... that you know, working with people, a lot of it was getting young adults to actually have a plan. <laughs> and it was good, good to have a plan. Just don't get too married to it. This is a really soft difference, but it's one worth maybe thinking about. Have a plan. Just don't believe that you are the plan. You know that you have the plan completely done, that you, you, you know the exact way it's going to go. Because we don't. We don't. Not a week goes by, maybe not even a day goes by, that we don't hear news that totally shifts it. We had a plan, we sure, we knew this plan, we knew what the next 20 years was going to hold. And the only thing that didn't hold was the plan. Something different. And where does that leave us? Like, like if, if we don't have this plan, right? If we don't have this plan, if we're not the plan, if we're, if we're going to eventually have to give up on the plan, where does that leave us? Well, well, that leaves us with this. It leaves us with love. God's love being that ultimate plan. And that, and that love, folks, is, is, is like, I don't want to leave that as a cute thing. Like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, I think, at least for me, and I imagine for most of you. It's a lot of work to really settle into that, oh, God's not in a plan the way I would see a plan. Objective, big, hairy, audacious goals, you know, all that stuff. Like, it's not that. God's plan is love. A love 
that is beyond life circumstances, that holds even the most difficult circumstances you might be holding right now, brokenhearted and all, God's unwavering plan is love. And so much of prayer gets us into that place. And that's why prayer, folks, again, I said it's about magic, meaning, and a break. Prayer is about breaking that thought chain. It's about literally putting down the chips. <laughs> breaking that thought chain. Breaking that addiction. And allowing something else to happen. Now, there are numerous ways to do this, folks. Beautiful ways to do this. And one of them deals with, real simply, like formalized prayers. And I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. One of them, one of them deals with, with formalized prayers. So what I want you to do is I want you to just listen to some formalized prayers here. And, and these prayers are set up by this idea. There's this beautiful line in Luke 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples, one of his followers, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So there are three main prayers. I mean, Jesus prays all the time, right? In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there's three times where there's really like formalized prayer. So I want you to get a chance to hear this. So we're going to get a chance to hear it first from, from Chris out in Arizona is going to read the Lord's Prayer. That's what comes right after that. And then Mary Haney, who's joining us live here today, she's going to read two other prayers that both come during the Easter season. So here we're going to call Chris, put him on the speakerphone, like this high tech. Read the Lord's Prayer. That's what comes right after oh, Chris, you got you to shut off. Chris, can you mute the can you mute the service in the background? There we go. All right, Chris, go ahead with the Lord's Prayer. And just, just folks, just full body listening here. Just take a breath. Chris, you gotta, you gotta shut up. And just listen to it, listen to the prayer fully. Go ahead, Chris. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Chris. That was beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. So that's one example of a formalized prayer. Now I want you to hear these other two prayers. The first one is the oneness prayer. It's probably the least known prayer that Jesus said. And he said it in, in one of the Easter stories. And it's a beautiful prayer about unity and connection. Mary? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Oh, that's such a beautiful prayer. 
You know, that prayer is so striking, like just, just hearing it and this, this oneness, like, like, Lord, may they have this sense of oneness, that we, this idea that we are one. It's, it's God, it's, it's, this, it's this theology of God in a one-story building, not God on like the third floor. It's this one story, and I mean that in more than one way. It's this oneness, this unity that we are one. And even with that oneness, it's important to understand that, that even with that, there's this wrestling of life. There's this, there's this part, remember I said the ache? There's this part that's always the ache. And I just want you to hear this next prayer as part of that ache. This is the prayer offered right before Good Friday from the Garden of Gethsemane, right before Jesus is crucified and the Easter story begins. Mary? Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will will be done. Beautiful. Thank you, Mary. It's such, those are such beautiful prayers, and those are, those are very intentional prayers. And they're prayers that, that when we recite them, we can, we can hear that, the, the, I mean, they're just, they're just so strong. They're so strong. And there's something about that repetition that can bring us peace in our lives. I know in challenges in my life, there are a few things more powerful than knowing that I'm being joined by other people and saying the Our Father prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And how do these prayers, might be a, what might be a way to see how they relate? Well, take a look at this, this, this chart here. Again, it's real interesting. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. This, this gets preached on again and again, as it should. You know, the idea that, that, that here in the Lord's Prayer, he says, thy will be done, God, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. It's, it's never about escaping. It's never about escaping life. I would love to escape life more than once a week, <laughs> right? I think we probably all do. But it's not that. It's thy kingdom come as in heaven, so upon the earth. What is being done at the biggest and highest and most beautiful loving purposes, like, Lord, let that be true here. Let love win here. That's a very different kind of plan. A very different kind of prayer. As somebody said, and I loved this, uh, I'll get you the line here. What, I loved somebody had texted in this, and I thought it was, it was really accurate. Uh, somebody texted in, prayer is a meditation, not a negotiation. I like that. A meditation, not a negotiation. Even though I like the negotiation part. That isn't how it works. It really is this beautiful meditation. 
And, and just think how these might relate. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Well, well, there's those breakings in life. My father, if it's possible, let this cup, and he's talking there about dying on the cross, let this cup pass from me, this suffering, this struggle. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, it's never God's will for us to suffer. It's God's will for us to love. And this is part of that. This is part of that suffering's part of life and that love will, even in the suffering, love can be there too. In the other, the oneness prayer again, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that we may be brought to complete unity. So you have this, this very powerful concept, folks, of, of God and, and, and this very powerful concept around God's will and how, how prayer is about bringing that will down into life, about putting it into our lives. And I think this is really important. It's not about answers, but about connection. It's not about answers, but about connection. Now, does that mean that it's, it's wrong to pray for an answer? No, I think you can do that. I think it's actually okay to pray for things. I, I think of, of, of my children, and, and there's nothing more than I would want than for them to tell me what they want so I can, I can maybe do something about it. Like, I think God's the same way. Just remember, connection is the primary way God answers your prayers. I'm going to say that again. Connection. Connection is the primary way that God answers our prayers. And that's, again, folks, through that connection, we find magic, we find meaning, we find that break, that break in our thoughts. So how, how could this look like in real life? Like, what might this look like? I, I pulled some pictures of just different little tribes over the past week that, you know, I've, I've heard from or been part of. And, and I just want to speak for a minute the way that this prayer thing can work and how it can work in ways that might actually surprises. And this is more along the lines of the informal part of prayers. Now, as I noted, you know, being, being over uh, out in Pittsburgh area where I was born and raised, being there with my family, parents getting older, they're going into assisted living. That's, that's quite a change, actually, for me. And I'm there with, with uh, you know, my five kids. Four, ki four of them were able to make it. Four of them were there. And, and it just the moment just felt like, hey, what, what can we do here that's prayerful? Not as answers, not as answering questions, because you can imagine, folks, like any time an, an older person or, or a loved one moves from, from this house that they've known forever, that's not easy to do. It's incredibly hard on so many levels. So this is what we did. In the front of this house, house where I was raised, we got in a circle, and we went around, and everybody just simply offered the answer to this question. What would you like to offer mom and dad, grandma and grandpa at this time? Folks, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Everyone slowed down. That was the break. Everyone shared these beautiful things about, uh, you know, even here, here, like my son, my 21-year-old son saying how much he loved his grandparents. Like, that's priceless. And just everybody shared in that moment. And the break happened, 
and there was magic, and there was meaning, and there was God. There was connection. Somehow that was really, somehow that thing was, was the answer to the prayer, was that connection. Because it's so hard watching with elderly parents, or if you have elderly parents, there's so many things that are really hard, really frankly impossible to solve. But we can bring love and connection to it. I think, folks, that kind of prayer is what is spoken of in this famous poem by Mary Oliver. She's talking about what you need to get going with prayer. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. I love that line. That's what prayer is so much about. It's a silence into which another voice may speak. A little aside. Be brave enough to pray. Be courageous enough to find that silence. The world will not tell you that you need it. Your soul will. Do what you can to, to live into that space, folks. And I think that's why, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, every morning we have a little devotional service. It's a little 10-minute reflection with the prayer. And we always do a little, little meditation on the famous line, be still and know that I am God. That silence into which another voice may speak, that is why God commands us to be still. Because if we can't find that stillness, all we're going to hear is a bunch of chips. <laughs> That's it. And we have to have those little moments. Again, and it, it doesn't take much time. It's those little moments, though, that tend to, tend to make such a huge difference in life. And it, it doesn't make a huge difference, folks, because I think it's out there. Because I feel like peace remains out there or this place I am trying to travel to in prayer. No, I think it's actually in here. We are so blessed. You are all blessed beyond all belief. And I'm double blessed beyond all belief that we have a large group of volunteers who meet every week to talk about the sermon and, and to give ideas. And when we were talking about this service... Uh, Mark, one of the people on the service, said, yeah, I like to go out in nature and reflect. You know, reflect on nature, reflection. Just for a minute, just, just step into how interesting that word is, right? So I go out into nature and I reflect. Well, what is reflection? Reflection means there's actually something like this in you. There's something like this, that you have that in you. Somewhere. That may be way too esoteric, so my apologies <laughs> if it is. But, but I really believe you have that in you. I think we all do, right? And when we go out in nature and we reflect, it's just, it's just there's, there's something about the peacefulness of nature that somehow we just reflect back to nature and nature reflects back to us. There's, there's this oneness thing again going on. It really is a fascinating word. And I don't, again, I don't have great language around it. But that's where we can find that stillness. So as the musicians come out here for our second song, 
You know, think about that stillness. Think about that incredibly powerful concept that we want to create a silence into which another voice can speak. Where do you find that? And always remember, folks, it's, it's, it's not about this. It's, it's not, it's, it's not a f- finding something that's out there. It's rediscovering something that's in here. Again, Jesus' words. That they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me. So that they can be brought to complete unity. What a beautiful night for a wedding Between your heart and your soul It's a beautiful time for new beginnings Moving on, breaking free, and letting go Have you ever been caught in a nightmare? Have you ever been trapped in a dream? Take a deep breath, close your eyes, open your heart, and let love inside. Cause the gift of tears will come your feet. And when all hope is dead and gone, pray on. Oh, pray on. What a beautiful day. Who you were when you were young and naive Shooting for the moon Not a tune Just a crazy kid born to believe Have your demons become your guardian angels Does it feel like you've lost touch with the light Oh, take a deep breath Close your eyes Open your heart and let love inside Cause the gift of tears will come your face Not all hope is dead and gone Pray on Pray on Oh, pray it up Pray it down Get down on your knees, brother Kiss the ground We could be gone tomorrow This life ain't free So why not live in harmony What a beautiful night for forgiveness What a beautiful night for a song Wanna hear the kick drum pound Like a soul that's lost and found When the spirit's right, nothing can go wrong So take a deep breath Close your eyes Open your heart And let the light inside Cause the gift of tears will come your feet When all hope is dead and gone Pray on
Thank you. When doing your online shopping, go to smile.amazon.com to donate a portion of your purchase to New Church Live. Simply search for and select New Church Live as your organization of choice. Now, every time you shop on Amazon, New Church Live receives additional funding at no cost to you. Just make sure you're checking out at smile.amazon.com. You can also do this through the Amazon app. Click Gifting, Registry, Charity from the menu options, select Amazon Smile from the list, and follow the instructions to activate Amazon Smile on the app. We hope you'll consider supporting New Church Live this easy and cost-free way. Boy, what a, what a beautiful song. I had never heard that song until this morning, and uh, now I'm officially a fan of Hanson. And it's a beautiful song, that idea of, of pray on, you know, the gift of tears. And can you hear that part about the ache we talked about? And, and then we start to just find this hope, but it's, but it's a hope through prayer. It's, it's so hard, again, as, a, as someone who struggles sometimes with words, it's so hard to, to capture what that is. I mean, just even simply, like in the morning, just laying there in bed and just, just allow love to enter your heart, like that's a prayer. It's a prayer. Jesus warns against vain repetition. Love is never a vain repetition. It's interesting because, because spiritually, like, there is a network. And it's interesting today, you know, no, <laughs> this is a little smarmy comment, but no one is like, well, I don't know whether I believe in the internet or not. Uh, but we do struggle with belief in God. Some of us struggle with, with, with belief in God. And, and yet, we don't struggle with belief in the internet. I, I kind of see, see them as similar. Like, there, there clearly is this network. And there clearly is this network, and, and God's clearly part of it. I mean, so, you can just see it. I mean, how else are we able to communicate as human beings if there wasn't a truth, a love that ran through all of our lives? How can we communicate? Why did Thanksgiving work? Or not? <laughs> Why does Christmas mean so much? I think it's because we tap into, just for a minute, that network. We sense it. And, and prayer gives us a way to access it. Not perfectly. Not every time. I mean, there's, there's no prayer that I really believe, uh, you know, 100% of the time will, will lead to a certain outcome. But I think, I think, folks, the call is to live a prayer full, F-U-L-L, -L, a prayer full life. And you will come to know stuff. Here's just a few things that people shared from, from, uh, from across, across the country. Great friends and great teachers cultivate relationships far more than transactions. Very true. One of my favorite Gospels is the one comparing the Pharisee praying in front of the temple with the self-proclaimed sinner in the back with his head bowed down. Also, the one where one proclaims his good work and Jesus said he has already received his reward. Prayer and good works, to me, are done quietly and humbly. Amen to that. Prayer reminds me that the Lord is a friend I can talk to. Prayer helps me through hard times, for sure. Prayer works for me. And this is, this is beautifully said here. Not necessarily through direct answers, but through peace. Prayer is an every-minute thing, as common as a text message, just a conversation that does not end. Oh, beautifully said. Prayer settles my emotions. Prayer is a meditation, not a conversation. I mean, meditation, not a negotiation. Prayer.
prayer is this conversation as we talk about here in the new church. Just simply conversation with God. Now what happens, folks, when we, when we, when we do that? What, what can start to happen? Well, this is, this is a beautiful piece of theology here. Out of sincere prayer, God gives us a revelation, a revelation of our hearts. Now notice that. It's not a revelation of our mind where all things are clear once and for all and we brilliantly say E equals MC squared. It's a revelation of our hearts. That heart revelation, please allow this to in, folks. Please allow this in. That heart revelation is a renewal of hope, a comforting, and a deep inward joy. And I would add, regardless of life circumstances. It's, it's big. I mean, just, I could sit with that for quite a while. Just, just that idea of, oh, this is a heart revelation thing. That's how this is supposed to work. It's interesting, in, in, in Luke 11, the same chapter we looked at out of the Gospel of Luke, where they ask him to pray. And Jesus then goes on, later on in Luke, to talk about, you know, famously, the, 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 the door. And, and Jesus says, you know, behold, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone hears my voice, you open the door and let me in. I think there is something to that. Like, there's a beautiful spiritual teaching to that. And I'm going to pull it in a little different direction. But I want to start just with the words themselves. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I think, I think Jesus, yeah, again, he's given this image. Like, I'm always knocking at the door. Your work is just to open it. Like, I've done the work of traveling to your house. <laughs> I'm knocking at the door. I'm here. Just open the door. And, and again, the, the problem is, folks, to come back to the, the chips, you know, the problem is, is that we're, we're sitting on the door. Open this bad boy. We're, we're, we're sitting in, in front of this open door, and, and we're more consumed with our chips than with anything else. With our thoughts. Addicted to our thoughts. Addicted to our opinions. Addicted to being right. I mean, how many of us in the past week have managed to get these words out of our mouth? I'm sorry, I was wrong. It wasn't me. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because here we get addicted with this, and yet there's this door right behind us. And here's, here's how I might shift that door analogy. I think the door is always open. I think it's always open. God's knocking, you know, I, I used to remember as a kid, like, having a little bit, not much, but a little twinge of anxiety, like, okay, what if God's knocking at the door and I don't hear him? I'm watching TV. I don't think that's really what this is talking about. I think this is, this is Jesus pointing us towards this idea, look, the door, the door is always open. And it's always open for that, for that piece. Marcus, can we pull back up the last slide, the revelation of the heart? It's always back to that revelation, that, that heart revelation. It's always open to that heart revelation. And sometimes that will be really hard. Sometimes it'll be teary, you know, the gift of tears. It's not that that's always easy, but it is always there. And that's, that's where we want to be with prayer. We want to turn it in to, as that parishioner from Georgia said, into this conversation that's, that's just a simple conversation. Even a conversation down to when we're in a really hard situation, 
that just simply says, thank you, God, for being here too. That just has that prayerfulness to it that keeps on coming back around in beautiful ways. And to close, there's this beautiful concept as well. You continually pray when you live a life of kindness. <laughs> so, so if you're caught up of like, if you're like me and you want sort of the assignment from the teacher, thinking, okay, so I'm going to go home, I'm going to spend 45 minutes in prayer, uh, I'm going to give you the cheat sheet. If you're having a hard time with that, just be kind. Go out from here today and just be kind. Because if you do that, you are being a living prayer. And you will find a revelation of your heart that connects you directly to God. You will find that open door. You'll find blessedness, folks. And maybe for a minute, maybe for a minute, the ache will ease because maybe for a minute you will find this. You will find home. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're going to pray together. <laughs> we're do a little prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer. Then we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Then we'll have some little meditation, some beautiful music as we close today's service. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your joy. Help us, Lord, to go here from, from this service today in a more prayerful way. Literally, more prayerful. In that conversation, in that dialogue, in that beautiful give and take that you ask of us, a relationship, a connection. Help us to see in that the plans for life, the plans that you have for us, plans that are said in Jeremiah, plans to give us a hope and a future. Knowing those things are always true, as is the truth that you are love and that love always wins. Be with us in this week ahead. Allow us to learn more about prayer of our hearts this week and hear your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a wonderful week, friends. of today 
lead them to conclude that for them life is not the way but every problem has an answer and if yours you cannot find you should talk it over with him he'll give you peace of mind when you feel your life's too hard just go have a talk with god Many of us feel we walk alone without a friend Never communicating with the one who lives within Forgetting all about the one who never ever lets you down And you can talk to him anytime, he's always around When you feel your life's too hard Just go have a talk with God He's the only free psychiatrist that's known throughout the world for solving the problems of all men, women, little boys and girls. When you feel your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. When your load's too much to bear, just go talk to God he cares. Your life's too hard. Just go have a talk with God. Oh, yeah. When you feel your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Take care.